The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently, we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And there you're going to see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from, what day was that? Friday, I think. Uh, so if you didn't catch that, you can do so up until 3 o'clock, which, which time he'll be live in that area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on that, push the play button, blow it up on whatever device you've got. Look for the rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat. We've got a lot of friends over there in the chat on rumble. Good to see you guys this morning. And then um, finally, we're... Uh, if you'd like to get our newsletter, uh, you can do that. That's right up under where we're streaming live. Sign up for that. You get it once in, in, in the evening. Uh, that'll include the morning show archive. You guys, again, some people ask, where's the morning show archive? I can't find it. This is one of the morning show archives. If you're watching by the video, it has the same title as the, um, uh, the show. You click on that. It's got the video. It's got the podcast. It's got the videos. It's got documents, links, all that stuff that we talk about on the show. It'll look just like one of the articles, okay, for the day. And usually they're spaced out about every 10 or something like that. That's kind of how it works out. Anyway, final thing is, is if you would like to keep us out there doing what we're doing and you agree with our message, there's a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And we appreciate you guys doing that very, very much. Now, uh, you probably are saying, where's all the kids doing the um, We Defy Tyrants thing? Okay, we, we've had that for a couple of years um, and I've decided we're just going to kind of shelve that for right now. Uh, if we get into a situation where that's coming back on the scene, which I anticipate it probably will, uh, we may bring that back up. But for now, we're just going to cut to the chase, get all the formalities out of the way and get into our subject matter. By the way, just letting you know, this week is looking, shaping up to be really, really good. We're going to have, I'm going to be interviewing Lord, uh, Lord willing, um, G. Edward Griffin today about CBDCs, hopefully to air that tomorrow, which that's going to coincide with what we're going to talk about today. Also, Patrick Wood, uh, tomorrow I'm going to interview him 
Hopefully we're going to air that on Thursday. And that will be concerning Trump's freedom cities that he's pushing, which are, yeah, they're very similar to the 15-minute cities. And uh, speaking of which, this is one that's going to be off topic, but it's because it's, I guess it's, you know, it's on everybody's lips. And let me tell you what, it, I'll tell you what it is. You, if you put Trump arrested, obviously he's telling, oh, he thinks he'll be arrested Tuesday. How can you be so precise that it will be Tuesday? How do you know this? Huh. Keep in mind, he is an actor. <laughs> Keep that in mind. You know, The Apprentice, that was all acting. It's not reality, it's acting. Keep in mind that he was on a number, in a number of movies, television shows. That's, you would not even know who Donald Trump was had it not been for the media who allegedly hates him so much, uh, had not groomed him for 30 or 40 years. You wouldn't even know who he was. He'd be like a lot of other rich people that you don't know. But nope, they've got him out front and center. Now they're saying they're going to arrest him. I can tell you this, they arrest him, it'll be a sure win for him. It'll be a sure win for him. They're not going to arrest him on the constitutional things that he violated, by the way. Okay? So anyway, tomorrow it looks like, uh, yeah, that's going to be the big thing. I, my guess is uh, CNN will be front and center like they were with uh, some of his buddies. Uh, they'll have the cameras there. They'll be ready, you know, when they do the perp walk and all the other stuff. But, uh, yeah, you, I, it's just me. I kind of think there ain't going to be arrest, but that's just me. That's me. Um, this is just more stuff that uh, they'll use. And even if there is one, it'll all be a, it'll all be a show for you. That's what it's going to be. Now, with that said, um, last Monday, we talked about the Federal Reserve. We talked about fiat currency. And I had a lot of people respond and say, man, I, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know it. I didn't know they had actually just come out and said, our money is just paper. It only has value for, you know, if you think it has value. Um, and just to recap that, this is from the Federal Reserve's Modern Money Mechanics. And this is all going to play out in the story of a particular fellow by the name of Jerome Daly. Okay, Jerome Daly. Just keep that in mind. If you're from Minnesota, this took place there in 1968, 19, actually, I think it took place between 1964 and 1969. Uh, and then you can also find where Mr. Daly dealt with the IRS as well. Uh, so he, he was a pretty smart guy. But this comes from Modern Money Mechanics. This is put out by the Federal Reserve. I read this to you last week. And they ask, what makes money valuable? What makes it valuable? And here's what they write. In the United States, neither paper currency nor deposits have value as commodities. Intrinsically, a dollar bill is just a piece of paper. Deposits merely book entries. Hmm. You get that? Merely book entries. Coins do have some intrinsic value as metal, but generally far less than their face value. What then makes these instruments, checks money, paper money, and coins acceptable at face value and payment of all debts and for all monetary uses? Mainly it is the confidence people have that they'll be able to exchange such money for other financial assets and for real goods and services whenever they choose to do so. It's all in your head. We, the government, have declared a non-government entity that you didn't vote for that is acting in a way that is 
in violation of the U.S. Constitution's uh, framework and principles for money. Let me read that to you. Article 1, Section 10. Here's what it says. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation, grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payment of debts. That's Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution. So, is what you got floating around in your wallet, your purse, your bank account, is that gold and silver coin? No. So, what's going on here? Well, Tim, they had the Federal Reserve Act and they made this, this paper money a legal tender. Okay, again, I ask the question, if the Constitution is supposed to be the law of the land, which it claims to be, and all of these representatives throughout the states and at the federal level have claimed to uphold it. How can we have paper money, which the Federal Reserve says has no intrinsic value? Just the value that's going on in your head, that you can give somebody some money, some paper, some pieces of paper, and they're going to give you goods, services, or whatever. How does that, how does that work? It's called lawless money. It's debt money is what it is. They create, when they're talking about the deposits, it's, it's an entry in a ledger. They just made it up with your monopoly money. You gave monopoly money, no intrinsic value, according to the Federal Reserve, and they write in an entry as though you have intrinsic value in your bank account. See how that works? Yeah, little kids could play this game, couldn't they? But this is going on with adults. And sadly, it threatens people's liberty. It threatens people's property. Just like direct taxation does. Direct taxation is just as abominable as this fake money that we have. Because it threatens the person's liberty and it threatens their property. It's exactly what it is. And by the way, for those who don't know what fiat is... Somebody had made, how it made mention of fiat currency. For those of you who don't know what fiat is, we went to, and this is sort of a refresher to build up on the story here, but we went to the 1828 uh, Webster's Dictionary, and here's the definition. Let it be done. A decree, a command to do something. In other words, there was a command from Congress. Now, it is a lawless command. To put, the fiat, uh, to put the Federal Reserve in place and to have them print this fiat currency, a currency they declared, a currency, a currency they commanded to be made from quote-unquote nothing. Now, one of the great things is, is uh, and I believe it's in the story that I'm going to, um, to share with you, um, actually, it's in the ruling. It's in the judge's ruling here in just a little bit. But he says, only God can create something from nothing. You're going to like this. You're, you're really going to like this. So who is this guy, Jerome Daly? Well, he's a guy who lived, um, in, like I said, in the 1960s, uh, lived long past that, but he lived in the 19, 1960s, and his house was foreclosed on. Um, and so he went to court over it. 
he had not been given, I think at the time he had not been given any kind of a summons or anything like that, but he had showed up, he'd found out about it. And uh, as he's there, he is facing the plaintiff in the case, which is First National Bank of Montgomery. Okay. And you can look this up online. You can read the um, you, you can read the ruling, which I'm going to read some of it for you this morning, uh, because I find it very interesting what this judge had to say about things. You can read the story of how it all went up, but lots of people have that. But let me give you just a little, uh, just a small flavor, sort of condensed version of what took place. This came from a particular Reddit post, and you go, oh, you're reading it from Reddit. Yeah, but it, you can read the the truths of what is in this short little synopsis. You can read it all over the internet. Just put in Jerome Daly versus First National Bank of Montgomery. And you can find it all over the place. You really can't. So this comes from Reddit. This is the synopsis of the story. Results of the Montgomery versus Daly lawsuit, a Minnesota trial court's decision holding the Federal Reserve Act unconstitutional and void. Yeah, it did it. It said that the, the money is lawless. It's a lawless money. Holding the National Bank Account, or the National Banking Act unconstitutional and void, declaring a mortgage acquired by the First National Bank of Montgomery, Minnesota, in the regular court of its business, along with the foreclosure and the sheriff's sale to be void. So they came in, they foreclosed on his home, the sheriff sold his home off to somebody, and the ruling of the court was, nope, you got to give it back, you guys are all wrong. Okay? First National Bank of Montgomery versus Daly, which is 1969, was a courtroom drama worthy of a movie script. Defendant Jerome Daly opposed the bank's foreclosure on his $14,000 home mortgage loan on the ground that there was no consideration for the loan. Daly, an attorney representing himself, argued that the bank had put up no real money for his loan, and they had it. Neither does your bank or your mortgage company. They don't put up any real money. In fact, all credit is based on you. This is why you go through a credit check. This is why you sign documents with your Social Security so they can go and get the money from, basically from you, to pay off whatever you're getting, a car, a house, a boat, whatever it is. Okay? Associate Justice Bill Drexler recorded the courtroom proceedings. He said his role was to keep order in the courtroom. In his court memorandum, Justice Mahoney stated, Plaintiff admitted that, in, now the plaintiff is the bank. In combination with the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, did create the entire $14,000 in money and credit upon its own books by a bookkeeping entry. Now, think back to what we just read out of Modern Money Mechanics. What did it say deposits were? It said they were entries in a ledger. Okay? They were entries in a ledger. There's nothing tangible. I mean, obviously, if you make a deposit, you're giving them a check, which is a piece of paper, or you're giving them a dollar bills, which are pieces of paper. Again, Federal Reserve's own words, no intrinsic value, except in your head. Okay? This is the other part. Um, said so they, they created it in its own books by bookkeeping entry. So they didn't have any money. They just 
with a stroke of a pen, created $14,000 that was owed to them for this guy's house. That this was the consideration used to support the note dated May 8th, 1964, and the mortgage of the same date, the money and credit first came into existence when they created it. Mr. Morgan admitted that no United States law or statute existed which gave him the right to do this. That's called counterfeiting. That's what it is. It's counterfeiting money. That's what it is. Why the, why the First National Bank was not shut down and um, uh, Mr. Morgan and his associates are not arrested is beyond me. Well, no, it is beyond me because what they would do was they would expose this to a larger audience of the United States of what the Federal Reserve and what our banking system is. It is a fraud. The whole thing is a fraud. Now, let, me, let me just add this on here. Some of you may not be familiar with the term usury. Usury is interest. That's what it is. And the Bible forbids charging usury to your own countrymen. It forbids doing it. It says you can charge it to the foreigner. You can't charge it to your own countrymen. And what do we have going on constantly? Credit cards charging, what, 20 to 30% interest? Interest on car loans, interest on whatever kind of loans, home equity loans, on houses, you name it. Whatever the loan is, there's, there's usury that's charged. That brings a curse too. The Bible speaks about that as well. And the banks are involved in that. Then what if you're a person who puts that, that paper money in your bank to be used to get interest too? You, you see what I'm saying? The whole thing just causes the whole everyone in the system to be sinning against the Lord. That's what it does. Because he said, don't do that. And again, I stand to my conviction, lawless money is at the root of, of everything that we're seeing going on now. Lawless money is. Lawless money in the heart, uh, in the hands of men with lawless hearts. Let me put it that way. And we're going to deal with that part in just a minute. So, it goes on. It says, Daily wrote in a local news article that this decision, which is legally sound, has the effect of declaring all private mortgages on real and personal property and all U.S. and state bonds held by the Federal Reserve National and state banks to be null and void. And when I take you to the, the, um, the judge in the case, his ruling, he'll make reference to that too. That if you know, any court in Minnesota or the U.S. tries to say that his ruling, you know, that this money is, is constitutional, he says it's null and void. And that the court can't rule on it. Uh, it goes on to say, uh, Daily continued, this amounts to an emancipation of this nation from personal, national, and state debt purportedly owed to this banking system. Every American owes it to himself to study this decision very carefully, for upon it hangs the question of freedom or slavery. Now, Daly was saying this in 1969. Is this not what I said last week? That no matter how much you want to declare you're free, you are a slave in this system if you have any debt at all. 
Well, tell them all my debts are paid for. All I have is my my electricity and you know things that. Well, that's debt too. Why? Because you're using it and you're in debt to that person. That's why you pay at the end of the month for what you used. That's still a debt. It's still a debt system. Cell phones, the same thing. I mean, if you really want to call it, when you go get gasoline, when you go buy something, you're coming up there, you're engaged in a, a contract with that person, you bring it up, I'm in debt to you for this, I don't know, drink, or candy bar, whatever it is when you go in the convenience store. I'm in debt to you for this gasoline that I put in my, in my car. I'm coming in to pay for it, or I've submitted my credit card to be charged once they know the full total of what I owe. It, there is a debt that's created there. You go buy a new car. You create debt. And they're creating your debt out of nothing. Nothing. Again, Genesis 3.15, something I learned. When Eve told uh, the Lord that the serpent had beguiled her, go and do a word study on the word beguiled, and then go to the Hebrew root of that. And you'll find out it means to become a debtor. See, what was it at first? Adam and Eve was given the whole earth and all that was in it. And the Lord said, take dominion over the earth. Be fruitful and multiple. Have lots of kids to help you do it. To take dominion over the earth. You are the lender, if you will. You are the, you are the creditor, if you will. You don't have any debt. But as soon as they fell, what happened? Debt was created. They lost the ability to be the lender. They became the borrower. They were always in debt. And what does Scripture say? It talks about our sin as being a debt that has to be paid. And what does the Savior do, the Lord Jesus? He comes and he dies on the cross. And the last words out of his mouth are to tell us die. Paid in full. It is finished. It is paid. Hmm. You like that? See, this is the this is this this the physical manifestation of this kind of money and this money system, this debt system, is a physical manifestation of the spiritual nature of man. And Donald Trump's not going to save you from it, and neither is any other politician. But the people do need to abolish the Federal Reserve. That needs to be abolished. In fact, I'd be I'd wager we don't owe the Federal Reserve anything. Because all of this is fake money. You know, we have fake news, why not have fake money? And that's the point. We we don't really owe these other nations anything either. In fact, I start. I sort of ask the question: Do they owe us anything? Oh, you want some pieces of paper with a U.S. dollar on it? Well, here it is. I mean, doesn't it make you wonder that? It does me. So, it was a comment. The decision that is made that ha, that was made has not been implemented at all. No, they shut it down. They didn't want this story getting out because everybody would have been doing it then. Although at the time, judges and courts were not dependents, after exposing this secret of banks, Justice Mahoney lived for less than six months 
and in mysterious accident that appeared to involve poisoning, he died. It was kind of like um, he went out for those who've, well, let me not use that example. He went out on a boat and died, but he was poisoned. <laughs> it's kind of like a fishing accident, but he was poisoned. Anyway, after exposing the secret of banks, Justice Mahoney lived for less than six months, a mysterious accident that appeared to involve poisoning, he died. Since that time, a number of defendants are attempting to avoid loan defaults using the defense that Daly raised, but they have met with only limited success, but they have had some success. Some people have had success with that. In fact, we had James, um, let me just let you in on this. We had James Martinez on the show, and we were talking about MK Ultra because he was a part of exposing all that uh, sometime back. And James has helped people. Um, I forget how many millions of dollars he helped people get rid of in mortgages, but it was like a two-year process, and it was going through the UCC. So it was, it was going through international rather than just here in the States. But, uh, but he has done that as well. So they, they have had some limited success here. And as one judge said off the record, if I let you do that, you and everyone else, it would bring the whole system down. So the judge, this, this judge who remained off the record is crooked as a dog's hind leg too. I cannot let you go behind the bar of the bank. We are not going behind that curtain. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? There's a judge. I'm not going to do it because it's going to take down the whole system. And I'm not going to be responsible for that. Dude, if, I don't know that it's an issue of him not wanting to do that. He probably found out what happened uh, to uh, Mr. Mahoney and uh, said, <laughs> I don't want any part of that. So let's go back just a little bit. And then we're going to take a look at some of the ruling and, and this, that, and the other for Jerome Daly. But this is... Um, this is G. Edward Griffin. Now, he did a talk some years back um, on the creature from Jekyll Island. He was talking about the Federal Reserve. And he made, he gave seven reasons why the Federal Reserve should not be audited, but why it should be abolished. And I want you to hear what these seven reasons are. And then I want you to see where they're going. Well, we'll go through some of this and we'll show you where they're going with things. Take a listen. This is perhaps at the most fundamental level, the most important thing we need to know about the Federal Reserve System, which is that it is a, an appearance of the fourth kind, something which is not, and yet appears to be. When I did my research on this topic, I came to the conclusion, which may startle you folks here, that the Federal Reserve System does not need to be audited. It needs to be abolished. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because I'm sure that if they audited the Federal Reserve System, they would find out that it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. There's no secret there. There's no shenanigan going on behind the scenes. It's all out in the open. If we'll just study the Federal Reserve System on the basis of what we know already, if we read their literature, if we'll dig into the history, we find out that it's one of the greatest scams of all history. Out on the surface, it doesn't need an audit. An audit, I'm sure, would merely delay the process for a couple of years, give the American people the false impression that something is being done about this problem, and at the end of two years, they'd say, well, the books are clean. I came to the conclusion that the Federal Reserve needed to be abolished for seven reasons, actually, and I'd like to read them for you now. I've stated them in rather concise terms, 
Hopefully they'll have some shock value so you can remember them. And here they are. First of all, it is incapable of accomplishing its stated objectives. Two, it is a cartel operating against the public interest. Three, it is the supreme instrument of usury. Four, it generates our most unfair tax. Five, it encourages war. Six, it destabilizes the economy. And seven, it is an instrument of totalitarianism. Hmm. Hmm. You heard anybody talk like that about the Federal Reserve? Yep, Ron Paul. Great book in the Fed, by the way, if you want to pick that up. It's a, it's a great book. Uh, if you don't understand the money system, if you don't understand how it devalues the very money that sits in your bank account, the money that's in your wallet, if you don't understand that, I would highly recommend getting not only a creature from Jekyll Island so you understand the history of the Federal Reserve and what it's doing, but also in the Fed uh, by Ron Paul, because that, to me, that was a great book. I don't know when that came out, 2011 or something, 12, something. I don't, I don't know when it was. It was a great book in explaining how that was very practically, not in some, you know, high, heady, ivory tower kind of talk. It was, it was really great in, uh, in what it produced. Now, with that said, let me go over and give you just a few things here out of the, um, the ruling here that came from the judge in the case, uh, Mr. Mahoney. And, uh, I hope I can pull up some of these things. Um, his ruling, this is this is a copy of it. So I'll, all this will be in the archives in case you guys want to read it. Um, you know, as Daly said, you know, every person ought to read this. They ought to study the case. They ought to know what, what was going on. This is the judge's, um, this is the judge's ruling. Plaintiff, uh, this is the bank brought this as a common law action for the recovery of possession of Lot 19, Fairview Beach, Scott County, Minnesota. Plaintiff claimed title to the real property in question by foreclosure of a note and mortgage deed dated May 8, 1964, which plaintiff claimed was in default at the time foreclosure proceedings were started. Defendant appeared and answered that the plaintiff created the money and credit upon its own books by bookkeeping something, 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 because there's a line through here on its own behalf. Uh, plaintiff brought this as common law action for the recovery of the possession of the lot 19. Um, and then they claimed the title of the real property in question by foreclosure of a note and mortgage deed dated May 8, 1964. The, defend, the defendant appeared to answer. Okay, so he goes through some of this stuff. And uh, if we scroll down here just a little bit, here is what the judge found. Now, therefore, by virtue of the authority vested in me, persuade to the Declaration of Independence, the Northwest Ordinance of 1787, the Constitution of the United States, and the Constitution and laws of the state of Minnesota, not inconsistent therewith. Wow, how many times have you heard a judge cite all of that for his authority? It is hereby ordered, adjudged, and decreed, and he lists these things. The plaintiff is not entitled to recover the possession of Lot 19 Fairview Beach, Scott County, Minnesota, according to the plat thereof on file in the Register of Deeds office. Number two, that because of failure of a lawful consideration, the note and mortgage dated May 8, 1964 are null and void. 
the money's owed. That the sheriff's sale of the above-described premises held on June the 26th, 1967, is null and void. See, it took him two years to get this ruling after they'd done sold this house out from under him. It's null and void and of no effect. That plaintiff has no right, title, or interest in said premises or lien thereon as is above described. By the way, you can probably write your mortgage company, your bank, whoever you have your mortgage with, ask them, do you have my title? Do you have my deed? Have you separated the title from the deed? And I want to tell you, 99 times out of 100, they're not going to have it. Which means they don't have any right to your property. I mean, if they're going to follow the law, if they're really going to follow the law. Number five, that any provision in the Minnesota's Constitution and any Minnesota statute limiting the jurisdiction of this court is repugnant. That the sheriff's sale of the above-described premises held on June 26th. Wait, how did I get down there? I jumped. They put a five in there. Okay. It jumped. Sorry. That's where they're copying the, the things here. Um, it's null and void and that this court has jurisdiction to render complete justice in this cause. Number six, the defendant is awarded cost in the sum of $75. I wonder if he's going to get that in gold or is he going to get that in that fiat money. And execution is hereby issued. Therefore, seven, a 10-day stay is granted. Number eight, the following memorandum and any supplemental mem memorandum made and filed by this court in support of this judgment is hereby made a part hereof by reference dated December the 9th, 1968. Martin V. Mahoney, and you see his, uh, his uh, signature there, Justice of the Peace, Credit River Township, Scott County, Minnesota. Um, I wanted to bring you down here and, uh, and see, what, see what he said here. This is one paragraph from the memorandum that followed. <clears throat> the issue in this case were sent, and by the way, the, the guy from the bank actually said, you know, we didn't have any money. We just made an entry on the book. We just made an entry on the book. He actually admitted. The plaintiff admitted that it, in combination with the Federal Reserve of Minneapolis, which are for all practical purposes because of their interlocking activity and practices, and both being banking institutions incorporated under the laws of the United States, are in the law to be treated as one and the same bank, did create the entire $14,000 in money or credit upon its own books by bookkeeping entry. This is, not a, this is not a report. This is not a Reddit post. This is the judge's words. Okay? That this was the consideration used to support the note dated May the 8th, 1964, and the mortgage of the same date. The money and credit first came into existence when they created it. Mr. Morgan admitted that no United States law or statute existed which gave him the right to do this. Again, that's counterfeiting. And Congress has the authority to determine what the counterfeiters are and the punishment that goes with it. A lawful consideration must exist and be tendered to support the note. See Anheuser-Busch Brewing Company versus Emma Mason. Um, Da, 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 da. The jury found there was no lawful consideration, and I agree. And then listen to what he says. Only God can create something of value out of nothing. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? 
Only God can create something of value out of nothing. Now, he's just pointed out that I don't, for the life of me, I don't know why the judge didn't go ahead and have the bailiff arrest the guy, I forget the guy's name, who was here for the plaintiff. Uh, but I don't know why he didn't just go ahead and have him arrested on, on counterfeiting charges. Isn't that what he's admitting to? Sounds like that's what he was admitting to. That's what it sounds like. With that said, let me give you another little short video here. This one is on what went on, and it kind of, again, gives you another overview. And then what we're going to do is we're going to go into what does Scripture say about all this? Because our foundations of the Bible and Constitution, we've read what the Constitution said. Gold and silver are to be coined for the payments of death and nothing else in the states. Nothing else. Okay? Again, this is a quick just rehearsal of the things that we have um, talked about. Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to actually skip that one. I'm going to point you to another report. This was done by the, make sure I get this right, Myers Finance financial Myers finance review okay and uh, this is quite lengthy but I'll read you a couple of sections out of it and then what I want to do is I want to uh, play you where all this is going because that's this where it's all coming up is, is coming up now and by the way somebody mentioned I called it just briefly in the uh, in the chat somebody mentioned uh, a digital currency if you're using a debit card if you're using a credit card you're using digital currency. I mean, you are. There's no. There's not even the cash aspect, the the fake paper money uh, aspect going on. These are just digits that are being transferred electronically. You know, when you put your card through, when you slide it, whatever, whichever one it is, when you do that, what's happening? There's an electronic transfer of digits, entries in a ledger, if you will. That's all that's going on. There's no money that actually changes anybody's hands. Okay. All right. So this is from. Um, the Myers Finance Review, and uh, here's what it came. Here's what it claims. The Minnesota bombshell, U.S. court rules, Federal Reserve notes are not money. And here was the opening to that. Under a trial by jury, a Federal Reserve bank has foreclosed on a mortgage but was unable to obtain possession of the property. The mortgage is null and void. And the result, all mortgage paper held as a result of the creation of credit or money by Federal Reserve banks are void. Bonds arbitrarily created by bookkeeping entries also are without legal consideration, also null and void. As this works its way back up the system, the results are beyond comprehension. He goes on and he says, a U.S. court has refused to accept Federal Reserve notes as payments or fees for an appeal by a Federal Reserve bank declared the notes not money under the Constitution, and the appeal was denied. The result, the Federal Reserve Act 432 is unconstitutional, null and void, and U.S. paper currency is void. Well, then why are we still using it? Because men are lawless. Men are lawless. They are sinners. That's what it means. A sinner is someone who is in violation of law. And I'm not talking about man's law, because we're going to point to the fact that what the Federal Reserve is engaged in is against God's law. Okay? 
Under Minnesota court is forced to break precedent and reopen the case. The reverberations will be interesting. And of course, they lay out here the story, the judgment. It's a lengthy article. It's worth your time to read to understand what exactly was going on. And um, and they finish with this part here with the Constitution, which is really interesting. Some other pertinent observations by Justice Mahoney were as follows. Justice Mahoney claimed that the Federal Reserve money, even if backed by an act of Congress, is in violation. He says, quote, an act of Congress in violation of the Constitution confers no rights or privileges. See 16 a.m. jury. Uh, he's got something here that he's got written, and it looks like it got cut off there a little bit. Uh, also, he cites uh, another, I guess this is a um, a ruling on money. Section 9, when the ability of a bank to redeem its notes is openly avowed, they instantly, instantly lose their character as money and their circulation as currency ceases. Isn't that interesting? Of the activities, the Federal Reserve Bank's Justice Mahoney states, no state can make these notes a legal tender. Why? Because the Constitution says so. We read it. Nothing but gold or silver coin. That's it for the states in payment of debt. Congress is incompetent to authorize a state to make these notes a legal tender. They're not incompetent. They are lawless. They, are conspi they conspired with the Federal Reserve to enslave the people and to steal their money. That's what they did. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land, Section 432, requiring creditors to accept paper money as lawful payment is unconstitutional and void and I so hold. The two Federal Reserve notes are not a valid deposit of $2 with the clerk of the district court for the purpose of effecting an appeal from this court to the district court. The common law requires a lawful consideration for any contract or note. The justice contended that whenever there is not a lawful consideration, there is someone that is someone gave up something to make a contract. There is no contract. So what is he saying? Well, he's saying the bank didn't have any money. They just had a pen and a piece of paper, a ledger to write that in. But the person getting the, the mortgage had something of value. They had their land, or they had the land and a the house. They had something here. Okay? He said, um, since the Federal Reserve gave, bank gave up nothing in creating $14,000, it had no contract. He says, the Federal Reserve notes are acquired through the use of unconstitutional statutes and fraud. That's exactly what it is. Our money system is fraudulent. And we, we all should know it. But the guys in Washington, they know this and they play you off on it. Let me give you some examples of how they play you off on this. Do you guys remember back in, what was it, 2012 when Mittens Romney was running? And they caught that video of him going, well, 47% of the American people don't pay their fair share in income taxes. Go read what the Supreme Court ruled was an in income. It isn't what the majority of you listening to me do, trading your time for money. That's not income. It's not. You're not profiting a thing off of that. 
and he wants to pit people who aren't paying it, the question should have been, well, Mitt, why aren't, why is there not a hundred percent of the people not paying income tax? That's what should have been, but instead everybody got the sneeches thing and they didn't have stars upon theirs. And so they wanted everybody else to pay their fair share like they were enslaved to pay their fair share. That's what's, that's part of it. That's one thing. And so let me give you these last couple of paragraphs here of what this guy wrote concerning uh, Mahoney and the, and the Constitution here. Justice Mahoney also branded as illegal the silver sandwich coins, quoting the Constitution to state that all Congress has the authority to coin money, regulate the value thereof, and fix the standards of weights and measures. Keep in mind that little phrase there. We're going to use that in a minute. The last time the Congress did this was on February the 28th, 1878, when it fixed the silver at 412.5 grains troy weight of silver. The Congress cannot abdicate or delegate these legislative powers. That's right. They're theirs. This is why, look, this hasn't just happened in the money. This has happened with the executive branch too. The Congress has said, oh, well, we know we're supposed to declare war, but we're going to write a law, it's pretended law, and give our authority of declaring war to the executive branch, and they can go declare war. That's unlawful too. And in many cases, so are the wars. They're unconstitutional. Why? Because Congress has not declared them. We haven't declared war in the United States since World War II. Every war after that has been an unconstitutional war. Every one of them. And if you look to how things are now, you can go back to, oh, I don't know what it was, 2013, 14, whenever we went into Libya. And they brought then Defense Secretary Leon Panetta in, along with, I forget the general's name. And who was grilling them? Oh, it was good old Jeff Sessions. You remember Trump's first uh, guy over the, uh, losing the th Department of Justice? Yeah, he was grilling them. And he says, well, the Constitution says you guys have to come to us. You were over there doing this. Why were you doing that? You're supposed to come to Congress to be authorized to do that. And they looked at him and they just said, well, you know, we had a we had a international consensus. And he says, so you have an international consensus. Does the Constitution not play a part in this? And the guy goes, well, you know, we had an international consensus. Jeff Sessions should have had him arrested right there for treason. That's what he should have done. And the general too, by the way. But no, they let him go on. And then after that, we had the guy up here in North Carolina. He was a representative. He wanted to put a, uh, he, he put out a, a bill that would impeach Obama if he did that again. If he engaged in another unconstitutional war. <laughs> it's like you could have just took the time and wrote the article's impeachment for him doing it in that one. It was wrong. It was a violation of the law, but he didn't do that. Back to this uh, particular article here. Justice Mahoney says that the question whether the U.S. government has the power to incorporate a bank is immaterial to the issue in any case. Such a corporation, this is his, this is his words, such a corporation certainly cannot have any more rights than a natural person. The emission of bills of credit upon their books without consideration and the issuance of Federal Reserve notes without consideration to circulate as a legal tender for the payment of debts is not permitted expressly or implied by the Constitution of the United States 
Amen, Justice Mahoney. And again, within six months, Justice Mahoney was poisoned to death. Right there is the chink in the armor. Right there is the missing cornerstone. You pull this out and you will bring down this entire system because it's a house of cards. It's not about justice. It's about money. It's about money. And fake debt money at that. Now, I'm going to save the last one. I don't know if I'm going to have to go over a little bit to play this, this little video. It's only a couple of minutes long. But I'm going to do that after we go to the scripture. Okay, so we, we saw what the story is. And again, you can read all the details. I've got the, the ruling. I've got the story. I've got this thing from a Myers Finance Review, which I highly recommend. It gives you, you know, front to back everything you need to know about what went on here with Mr. Daly and the First National Bank of uh, there in Minnesota. But what does Scripture tell us about these kinds of things? You remember the reference to weights and measures, right? That Congress establishes those things, and they did that 1878 for silver and such. This comes from Proverbs chapter 20. Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are alike abomination to the Lord. Let me read it again. Diverse weights and diverse measures, both of them are alike abomination to the Lord. Now, many of you have heard the use of abomination. You've heard it on this show, too. We've talked about the acts of sodomy are an abomination before the Lord. That's why there's a capital punishment for it. But how many of you have actually heard a preacher in a church or in the field or on the street or wherever or a Bible teacher actually tell you that lawless money is an abomination before the Lord? I'm telling you, because that's what Scripture says. It is an abomination before the Lord. If we go over to Proverbs chapter uh, 11, here's what we read. A false balance, which is an unjust weight or measurement, is abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. Hmm. Yeah, it even says the just is the Lord's. The just weight in the bag is the Lord's. If we go to Leviticus chapter 19, Verse 35 and 36, here's what we read. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in mediard, in weight, or in measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hen shall ye have. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall ye observe all my statutes and all my judgments, and do them. I am the Lord. We go to Deuteronomy chapter 25. And there, beginning in verse 13, here's what we read. Thou shalt not have in thy bag diverse weights, a great and a small. Thou shalt not have, a thine, have in thine house diverse measures, a great and a small. But thou shalt have a perfect and just weight. A perfect and just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Hmm. Do it so your days are long. Wasn't there a command that said, Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land 
the Lord your God is giving you. Yep, that was in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, this, that your days may be long upon the land, long upon the earth. And why? Verse 16 of Deuteronomy 25. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Listen, friends, everybody in the Federal Reserve is, is an abomination. That entity and those working it are an abomination. And all of the banks doing the same thing that are tied to them are an abomination to the Lord. Wow, Tim, that's pretty strong. I didn't say it. God said it. I'm just bringing the application over here. If we're involved in that, in the system of usury, in the system of unjust weights and measurements, we are sinning before the Lord. We are breaking His law, and we're bringing a curse on ourselves. That's what we're doing. This one comes from, this is what I was making of, uh, mention of just a minute ago. This is Proverbs chapter 16, verse 11. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. All the weights of the bag are His work. A just weight and balance are the Lord's. He's in control of that. He's given the command. Why will men not follow it? Because men are wicked. They're not basically good. They're basically bad. And before the show ends, I'm going to, when we come on the other side of, of the, uh, the ending of the radio show, if you want to catch us, sonsoflibertymedia.com, we're going to look at a couple of more scriptures, and I'm going to play this video of where all this is really going. And Lord willing, G. Edward Griffin is going to pick up with that tomorrow which will work great, you know, with, with what we've got going on here. But um, if you are one of these people that is engaged in this, the Bible calls you to repentance. You've got to leave this behind. You've got to stop engaging in this, in this lawlessness. That's what it is. And you must put your faith in the Lord Jesus. He is the only Savior from sinners. There is no other name given among men under heaven by which men can be saved from their sin, nor the judgment that's coming against sinners. The Bible calls you to repent. We're going to pick this up on the other side. Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And then, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning. Hopefully, G. Edward Griffin. Talk to you then. All right, I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. Let me hit a couple more of these verses, and then we'll play you where this is all going, okay? Amos, uh, chapter 8. Amos, chapter 8, um, beginning at verse 4. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail. Now, Remember, God has a heart for orphans. He has a heart for widows. He has a heart for the poor. You remember in the Old Testament, uh, they weren't to glean the edges of their fields, and they were only to glean the fields one time, and whatever was left was left for the poor. It wasn't a handout to the poor. The poor had to work to get their food. 
but they could come in and they could glean the edges of the field. They could glean what was left. They could go back through a, a, a time when all of that was left to take care of their needs. So they weren't getting a handout. It wasn't welfare. It was just a care for the poor. And God had commanded the people to do that. Why? Because God was the one bringing the produce up. Yeah, people were working. They were planting. They were hoeing, plowing, you know, digging up, cultivating, harvesting, all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is, who made that stuff grow? That's right. God did. He sends the sun and the rain on the just and the unjust, doesn't he? And he's the one who brings forth fruit out of the land, right? Bread out of the earth, wine as well. And so all of that is a part of what he provided. And he said, you're going to have more than enough for you. You leave this for here. A great example of that uh, comes in the story of Ruth, who comes with her mother-in-law. And as they go into Boaz's fields, they are doing exactly what God had set up. And so they petition him, hey, can we glean your field? Yep, you can do that. And so they do. They go out there and they work and they earn their keep. Okay, so just so you know. So this is from Amos. Hear this, O ye that swallow up the needy, even to make the poor of the land to fail, saying, when will the new moon be gone, that we may sell corn and the Sabbath, that we may set forth wheat, making the ephah small. Mmm, remember that? Talked about a just ephah and a just hen. Making the ephah small and the shekel great. Boy, does this not sound like when you go into a grocery store? How many of you guys buy bagged stuff? I know Kate's on. If she hears me saying this, I'm, I'm going to get it. But <laughs> I mean, you get bagged stuff, right? And it's sold by weight, not volume. And so you get a bag. I don't know. You get your bag of potato chips or whatever you get. And like half of it is air. And half of it's got chips in it, right? This is, this is what's going on here. Makes you look like you got a whole bunch of stuff, but they're charging you more money. Now you go and they're, even with the inflation, they're shrinking what's in the package and they're continuing to raise the price. So he says, you make the shekel great and falsifying the balances by deceit. That we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes, yea, and sell the refuse of the weak. You know, it's interesting. They want the people so dependent so that they have to struggle to keep working for them. Same thing happens today. How many people are living paycheck to paycheck or day to day? If you want to come to my family. How many people are struggling because of unjust weights and measures, because of the money system that we have? How many people are? Many of you listening to me probably are doing that in some way or another. You're doing it based on a lawless money system. It is an abomination before the Lord, as we've read. Going into Deuteronomy, this is part of um, the curses. This is part of the curses. Deuteronomy 28 and... Um, Verse 43, the stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high, and thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. And then it says, moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. 
It's a curse. Our money system is a curse on us. But it's not just us. It's throughout the world. Those billions that are going over to Ukraine, it's going to be a curse on them too. It's going to be a curse on them too. How about we take a look at Micah? I've got two more after this, and they're in the some of the positive aspect. Uh, if you want to take that, it is in uh, the the blessings that come from repentance there. But this is from Micah chapter 6, uh, beginning at verse 10 through the end of the chapter. And there yet the treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked and the scant measure that is abominable. Shall I count them pure with the wicked balances and with the bag of deceitful weights? For the rich men thereof are full of violence, and the inhabitants thereof have spoken lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Therefore also will I make thee sick in smiting thee, in making thee desolate because of thy sins. Thou shalt eat, but not be satisfied, and, thou, and thy casting down shall be in the midst of thee, and thou shalt take hold, but shall not deliver. And that which thou deliver, deliverest will I give up to the sword. Thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap. Thou shalt tread the olives, but thou shalt not anoint thee with oil. And sweet wine, but shall not drink wine. For the statutes of Omri are kept, and all the works of the house of Ahab, and ye walk in their counsels, that I should make thee a desolation, and the inhabitants thereof an hissing. Therefore ye shall bear the reproach of my people. There, there's nothing new under the sun. There were federal reserves before there were federal, the Federal Reserve. Just different names, under different decrees, under different fiats, if you will. Kings. Parliaments, all of this declaring some type of value to something that has no value. What does the Bible, what does the Bible say? It says we're, we're to look out for one another, doesn't it? Yeah. This is, a, this is a big deal. Philippians chapter 2. Let not every man on his own thing, or look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We're to look out for one another in this way. We're to do those things. Why? Because we love. Because we love one another. And finally from James, when he talks about their gold and silver, listen to what he says. James chapter 5. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter you have condemned and killed the just and he doth not resist you so there's warnings here there's warnings here about love of money even that which is fraudulent money And the love of money is the root of all evil. The Bible's clear on that. 
And because men love it, they will love it when it has no value. They love it now, and it has no value. The Federal Reserve has already said it has no intrinsic value, and yet men love money. They will kill for money. They will do some of the most ridiculous things you've ever seen in your life for money. You ever seen them, the, these quote-unquote reality things where you know people will, I don't know, get in a, a, a thing of hypodermic needles for a million dollars, or they'll crawl around in snakes or whatever. Just goofy stuff. People will do for money. Money. Interesting. Interesting. So where is all this going? Well, we've been told that we're going to be going full digital. Okay? Full digital. No cash. No, none of this paper stuff. And by the way, the digits, the digital stuff, is worth even less than the paper. At least the paper, you could say, well, there's paper. You can put your hand on it. The digital stuff, you can't even hold it. In your hand. It's not a card. It's not a piece of paper. It's not anything. So, this is a report out by uh, Greg Reese. It's a real short one. But this is, this is what uh, they have set up coming for us now. Take a listen. Founded by David Rockefeller, the Trilateral Commission has been an arm of the globalist deep state since 1973. Last week at their annual meeting, a speaker who cannot be identified according to commission rules said that we are now in a period of structural inflation that will last for decades. They said that the free market is over and industry now sets policy. And they said that this year, 2023, is year one of this new global order. Days later, the Federal Reserve Bank announces a July launch for their new FedNow service, which was first announced in October of 2021. The too big to fail banks and all the large processors are already on board, and so is the U.S. Treasury. The first week of April, the Federal Reserve begins the FedNow pilot program for early adopters to become certified participants to help the Fed confirm readiness for their July launch. FedNow is an instant payment processing system that seeks to be the base of all digital transactions, acting as an umbrella company to manage all financial payments. This has been shown to be the gateway to a central bank digital currency, CBDC. Fed now is much like the Reserve Bank of India's instant payment system, the Unified Payments Interface, or UPI. UPI has had huge success in converting rural communities into a complete cashless society. According to the International Monetary Fund, UPI democratized the payment system and paved the way for central bank digital currencies. Central bank instant payment processing is also how the Central Bank of Nigeria introduced its CBDC, Enira, which has been, so far, violently rejected. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. <clears throat> All right, so you get it. This is where they're going with things. The people have been a slave in their minds in this country when it comes to money. And you don't need to read anything but the first three pages of 
the modern money mechanics by the Federal Reserve to understand that. Now they're going to put the shackles on you. You're not going to do anything unless you are in lockstep with them. Unless you're going to agree with everything that comes out of the tyrant's mouth and their pretended legislation, they're going to lock you out of the system. You're not going to be able to make payments. You're not going to be able to receive any payments. At least not in that way. Bartering system is still open, guys. It really is. And it will be. They may threaten you with death or whatever, imprisonment or all that other, but that'll still be a way to go. But if your mindset is money, you're going to be swept up in that. Yeah, and there's an application there from Matt, uh, Revelation chapter 13. Taking the mark of the beast. I, any of you guys, if you've listened to my show that I did, what was the mark of the beast? I show you what it was in the first century. And there's plenty of application all through history of where government said you have to do this in order to participate in the society. You have to do this or that. Wear this gold star. Take this shot. Whatever the case may be. All of that is, is throughout history an application of where men will obey God or will obey tyrants rather than God. And that's really what the mark of the beast is. The allusion to the right hand or the forehead, going back into Deuteronomy chapter 6, for those of you who have not seen that or heard that, I will just make a point here real quickly. I didn't even have this open. Um, <clears throat> but everybody gets into all this stuff about, you know, they want pin the tail on the Antichrist. And they're, they're not looking for Christ. They're looking for Antichrist. They're looking for tribulation. They're looking for, you know, I don't know, horns and, and beasts and, 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 uh, uh, vials and trumpets and bowls. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for Christ. That's what they're consumed with. But if we go over to Deuteronomy 6, one of the things that we see, and all of you guys are familiar with the passage out of Revelation 13, they, they take in their, their right hand of their forehead, the mark of the beast, or the number of his name, which is 666. It's not 666, it's 666. And what is it a reference back to? Well, it, look, um, someone knowing the Old Testament scriptures in the first century would have understood clearly what he's talking about with right hand forehead. Check it out, Deuteronomy 6. What is God told? This is supposed to go on. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day, this is the, the second giving of the law, Deuteronomy is, shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shall walk with them, or shall talk with of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Where is that? That's the forehead, right? Do you see what's going on here? You're either going to submit to God and to his law, or you're going to submit to, to man and his. One brings a curse, and one brings blessing. Can you guess which one brings the blessing? Yep, that's right. The Lord's commands. So I just wanted people to see that, because I see a lot of this stuff going on, where people are all engaged and trying to figure out you know, all these kinds of things. And while it may be interesting, the fact of the matter is God has given us what his money system is to be or how his justice is to be rendered in an, in an economy. How you have a just economy. Let's put it that way.
You want a just economy? Get rid of the Federal Reserve. Start instituting a just weight and measurement of gold and silver. Start doing that, and you'll have a you'll have lawful money. You'll have a just economy. Don't do it, and move to the digital, and it'll be worse than it is now. But what are we going to do? Are we going to repent? Are we going to keep going down the same road we're going? And I ask that of myself when I am saying this to you. I am. Preaching it right here, right here, because these are things that I've been struggling with in my own thinking as to what we're doing here. We aren't just bringing a curse on ourselves with drag queen story hours. We aren't just bringing a curse on ourselves from the murder of the unborn. We aren't just bringing a curse and allowing sodomites to roam the streets and be in public office and allow those who hold to foreign gods to represent the people. Th those are doing it, but it's lawless money that's doing it too. See, when we get off the straight and narrow, we start taking in everything and we start bringing these curses upon ourselves and we need to repent. We need to repent and turn back to the laws that God has given us that keep us free, not enslaved. I hope you'll do that day. Bradley will be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Again, Lord willing, I'm going to be back in the morning. It'll be, the show will be pre-recorded, but we'll be back in the morning with G. Edward Griffin. And we're going to be talking about CBDCs uh, then, so don't miss that. See you.